0: Our gospel lesson this morning is going to come from Mark's gospel. Mark chapter 1. We're going to be reading Mark 1, verses 1 through 11. Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As was written in the prophet Isaiah See, I'm sending you my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. In the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I am is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the throng of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit." In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending on him. The spirit like a dove descending on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of my goals for 2021 It's something that might be good for all of us to do, especially in this uh, interesting season. I'm getting tired of saying the phrase interesting season. In this season we find ourselves in is that I am at night attempting to scroll less on my phone and read more. I want to read more this year. I'm trying to read a book every week or so. And uh, it's been—I've really enjoyed it thus, thus far. I knocked a lot out last. I started—I cheated. I started early uh, in Advent last year, so I've, I've got a good little momentum, a good little head start. So I've not been quite as good these last, these first few days of uh, of 2021. But I'm attempting to read more and scroll less. And one of the things that I'm, I'm reading a lot of right now is history. I've always—I've always loved histories. Histories are, are are the best to me. I just think they're they're fascinating uh, to read about histories. Um, it, it's it's one of my favorite one of my favorite subjects in all the world. I'm actually right now reading an incredibly boring book about the Mississippi Annual Conference of the Methodist Church. You wouldn't want to read it, trust me. It's, it basically it goes, it's it's a history of the conference from like I think it starts in 1840 something and goes to 1870 something. I think it started in 1840. 1840- Two maybe, and then goes to the 75, 76, and basically it lists, okay, this happened in 1841, and it lists where the conference was, and who the preachers were, and how the colleges were. It's just, it's, it's awesome. It's just great to read all this cool stuff that most folks may find boring, but I, I think it's interesting to see these things. I'm actually doing something um, that I haven't done in a long time. Um, later this week, I'm going to take a few days off, and uh, so next week in worship uh, on the online service, Brian will be preaching this. So you, you'll get a good sermon for once next week in the online service and the online traditional service. And then in our drive-in slash front lawn service, Aaron will be preaching that one. So, hey, good, good week for the church. You get two really good sermons next week. But I'm going to take a few days off, and I'm, you know, I'm going to drive the Natchez Trace, starting in Nashville and going all the way to Natchez. And I'm going to stop and look at every last single one of those historical markers and it's going to be boring, and I can't wait. I really can't. It's going to be so cool to, uh, to, to, to learn about all, all the history and all the stuff that we, uh, that we see. I, you know, like every dad, I love World War II stuff, love the World War II documentaries. It's a, it's a requirement of being a father. You have to love World War II. I love, I love spy stuff. I love reading about the spy stuff. And one of the, one of the spy agencies that I'm really fascinated by reading about and learning more about it is the mossad. The mossad is the spy agency basically the CIA uh for Israel. And uh you want to read about some bad sons of guns, read about the mossad. They are <laughs> something that you don't want, you don't want to get crossways with the mossad. They uh they they are quite inventive in the ways they can uh, they can get you. But what's really interesting is like most there's there's an interesting um ceremony that so many military agencies make. Um the Mossad, the Israeli agency I was just telling you about, there's um there's a, a great a great uh historic place in Israel called Masada. Masada is a place where the Israeli where the where the Jewish people made a final stand against Rome and uh back in the 70, 74 AD period. And um, they, they started a revolution. Rome, of course, was Rome, so they were winning. So they all many of them fled to Masada, which was an old palace for one of the kings up on a mountaintop. And Rome actually had to build a, uh, a ramp to go up on top and get them. And the last ones died there. And, and they said they would rather die free than live as slaves to Rome. And it's a, it's a place of great um, historic importance to Israel. It's a place of great national importance to Israel now. And the Masada. Take the, they have, the, uh, they have a, um, an amphitheater right there beside this historic place, and I've always been told that's where they do one of their final, one of their final swearing in or one of their final ceremonies when, a, when an individual will join. Um, and I think that's quite impressive to take that, uh, that vow, if you will, while standing, looking at a place of great national sacrifice for your people. The military does a great job of things like that. We, we, in, we in America do a, a phenomenal job. One of, my, one, of the, one of the things that I'm most proud of and that I've enjoyed the most of in my ministry is having been able to serve as a pastor to a lot of military folk in my ministry, especially when I was in Pedal. And, and I was blessed enough in Pedal to have uh, in my church um, the 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 head of the Air Force ROTC at Southern Miss, and then the Army ROTC at Southern Miss. And so I was very fortunate to get to go to a lot of their ceremonies. I got to pray at a few of them. It was it really was uh, one of the highest honors of my ministry. And one of the coolest ceremonies I've ever seen is when uh, a student uh, a student finishes the ROTC there at Southern and they're commissioned as an officer. Um, one of the things they do is they receive their first salute. What they do is they select a non-commissioned officer who has been instrumental to their journey, who has been instrumental to their, to, their, to their maturity and their growth as an officer and as a leader. And they will pick this person. Usually it's an older, uh, usually the one being commissioned is a younger person, a student typically. Uh, and the one who is the non-commissioned is somebody older uh, who's been in the military for a long time and helped mentor them. And It's always to me, every time I see it, I cry. Like I tear up when I see it. I'm, I'm getting a little emotional thinking about it right now. But you'll see the, the individual that they, who they respect so much come and give them their first salute uh, as, the, as you salute the higher officer. And it is, um, it is a powerful moment to witness that. Some of the more powerful moments I've seen in my ministry is seeing that ceremony play out. There, there, there's, something, there's something to be said. There's something powerful about these type of rituals and ceremonies and moments. You know, as Christians, wouldn't it be um, something if we had a symbolic moment like that? Wouldn't that be a? Wouldn't that be something? Well, we do. <laughs> we do. It's called baptism. It's called baptism. When you read the statements that we agree to. When we're baptized, or when our children are baptized, it is quite a declaration. We're putting our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. We're rejecting the evil forces and powers of this world, whatever forms they present themselves. And we are swearing fidelity to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It is an incredibly powerful moment as a Christian whenever we are baptized. If you're baptized as, 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 a, as an older believer, um, it's so powerful when you stand there and have the waters of baptism applied to you. and You make these vows and these promises. But it's equally powerful. Um, my screensaver on my computer right now is a scene from our confirmation this past few months back where uh, my son was confirmed, where Thomas was confirmed. And um, to see him confess his faith in Jesus and to see him kneel at the altar here and I place my hands upon him and I confirm him as a believer in Jesus Christ. It's a powerful moment. It's a powerful moment for me as a dad, a powerful moment for him and for all who receive it at that point. It is a a powerful moment. It's a confirmation for us as Methodists. It is um, basically in our Baptist friends, they'll, they they kind of, if you will, um, uh, combine baptism, God's gift, and God's marking upon us with their profession of faith, all kind of one moment. Where in the Methodist tradition in the Episcopal, Anglican, Presbyterian traditions, we kind of elongate it. I, I joke in my notes that's kind of like um, Mr. Fantastic in the in the comic. It kind of stretches out. So God marks that individual at their baptism if they're baptized as an infant. God marks that, marks that individual, and then that moment stretches until there comes the right moment of confirmation or whenever it happens when they claim that baptism given to them at that moment there's a period of time between the baptism being given and the moment they claim it in other traditions that believe, that, do, that do baptism a little differently that that those two moments are all in one. You receive the gift of baptism and you claim it at the same time in our tradition, you are given the gift of baptism and then you claim it as you mature and grow older. So, baptism is really that moment of preparation. I love what the, what the text says today, is that quote from Isaiah, where there's one who's going to come who's going to prepare the way of the Lord. And I think so much of what we read today is about preparation. So we see, first we see John. First we see John coming and John preparing the way for Jesus. John comes. John preaches. John's out in the, out by the River Jordan wearing camels hair and eating honey and wild locusts. And he's preaching. And folks come from all around. Folks come from all around to hear him preach and then to receive baptism. Baptism for John was most likely a form of the mikvah bath, which is a ceremonial washing rite in the Jewish tradition. You you've, you've seen it before, if you don't remember, you, you actually are familiar with it, because if you go back and read in John, in John 13, when Jesus washes the disciples' feet, and Peter says, no, no, not just my feet, but my head also. And Jesus said, no, you've already been, you've already been washed. You've already taken a bath. You've already been mikvah bath. You've already had your rite of ceremonial washing. So John most likely was taking this Jewish form of ceremonial washing, where the people would walk down into the bath, wash themselves, and then walk out. John was most likely taking that and, and adapting that to a baptismal rite, um, and so John—that's what John was doing. So John, but John says, "I'm baptizing you by re, for repentance." There's one who's going to come who's going to baptize you with the Spirit. So John, John, John is baptizing. John is preparing the way for the Lord. John is coming and saying, "You need to repent. You need to get ready because there's one coming who's greater than I, who's going to point you to truth and life and peace." who's going to point you to salvation. I am not the one who will save you, but there's one coming after me who will save you. John is preparing the way for Jesus. John is the the steamroller, if you will. Back in the old days when people ran the ball and played football, John's the fullback. John's clearing the path for Jesus to come. John is preparing the way for the Lord as the prophet said that he would. So John is preparing, but then we get to Jesus. Jesus is baptized, and I've said before uh, that that for me, there are only a few moments in Scripture where Jesus, in the gospel stories, gets his true recognition for who he is, the transfiguration, uh, and frankly, the baptism. Because in this moment, the Father speaks, the Spirit falls. We see Jesus in the fullness of his glory. We see him for who he is. Now, what a moment. Golly, what a moment to have been there to have seen that. But then, if we were to keep reading the text today, you know what happened right after this? He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted. His baptism was not the end of his journey. In fact, if you look in the Gospels, (laughs) I've joked about Mark's Gospel. Mark doesn't even give us to Christmas. Mark Mark basically starts the baptism. Uh, The baptism is the first... Act of Jesus' ministry. It's really the kickoff, if you will. It's the beginning of his public ministry. It's not the end of his ministry, but it's the beginning. It's the start. This baptism was preparing him for what was to come because he, he felt the Spirit come. He heard the, the, the Trinity was reunited in this moment. We see them all three visibly together or experience them all together. The voice, of the Father, the Spirit following, the Son present. This is a high watermark, y'all. This is a highlight. But then it gets hard. Then the temptation. Then the rejection by his, by his own town. Then the rejection by the religious leaders. Then the frustration with the disciples who didn't get him sometimes, all the time. All of these things leading up to the cross. I love, I I, I, I love on, on right before the cross when he goes to outside of the temple. He says, "Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I've longed to gather you together as a mother hen does her chicks, but you would not let me. See, has now left you desolate." Jesus' ministry was not always easy. In fact, if you read the Gospels, more often than not, it was quite hard. Baptism prepared him. Baptism showed all who were there who he truly was. This baptism was that moment of launch and the preparation for what his ministry was going to be upon the earth and for his eventual death, resurrection, ascension, and return. That's what our baptism is, y'all. That's one of the reasons he was baptized was to show us the path. Our baptism is the same. Our baptism is not the final moment of our of our, of our faith. It's not the end of our journey with God. It's not the, the, the completion of all things, but our, our baptism is the beginning. It's the, really the beginning of our faith. Our baptism does not make us sanctified, perfect believers, but our baptism in many ways makes us neophytes on the journey. We're just getting started. We're just truly beginning. We're just truly getting there. And quite often, quite often, our path's going like Jesus in this way where just as Jesus was baptized and then immediately faced temptation, we make this vow. As parents, we make this vow to raise our children in the church, to raise our children in a Christian home, to teach our children the faith. And we, 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 we take the vow and we mean it. But it's hard, y'all. Life is hard. Life is busy. Life is challenging. And there are so many idols screaming at us for us to follow them. And so we've made this promise to God to follow Him. Uh, the baptism, baptism has prepared our children for what is to come. And then we as parents struggle sometimes. Well, what do we do? How do we do it? Do we feel qualified? Do we feel capable? We're so busy. There's so much going on. We face temptation after temptation, struggle after struggle. Are we doing it right? Could we, it, could, it, could, we, could we have done more? Could we have done it differently? Same thing as adults, as teenagers. We take the vow at confirmation. And then we're beset by every side by temptation, by the culture, by the world, by the idolatry of these moments. And we know we've taken a vow to, to resist evil in every form it presents itself. We've made a vow to follow Jesus above all else. But it gets hard, doesn't it? It gets hard. Our baptism prepares the way for us. But the baptism is not the completeness of our journey. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. But it's so important for us to remember it. It's so important for us to remember it. My, uh, I don't, I don't think they're gonna watch this or listen to the podcast, so I feel like I'm pretty safe telling the story of my parents here. My my dad, um, who's a good man, good man, love my daddy. he's my he's my maternal my dad's my maternal step grandfather didn't raise my grandparents. But my dad was not a, um you know, he's a, he's in his eighties now and he's like a lot of people. Um wasn't particularly an emotional person. Um, and, and I, never, I never questioned his love for me. I, like I, I, was never, I never sat around wondering, oh, golly, does my daddy love me? Of course he loved me. He worked like a crazy person to provide for us. He, he, he did everything he could ever do for me. To this day, he'd do anything, he, he would do anything I asked of him to this day. So I, I, never, I never questioned his love for me. Like, hear me, I was never thinking, oh, does dad love me? No, I knew he loved me. There was no doubt he loved me. But he wasn't one to say it often. That just wasn't who he was. He wrote me a note on the the day I graduated from high school and told me how proud he was of me and how much he loved me. I still keep that note in my Bible these many years later. It's good to be reminded of things, isn't it? It's good to be reminded. Because yes, our baptism prepares us for the way that is, for the path that is to come, But the path is hard sometimes. The path is full of challenges and of failures and of mistakes. It is. And that's what we need to remember our baptism. Because in that we were marked. We were marked by the grace of God. And we were marked as somebody for whom Christ died. Someone for whom Christ came to save. Someone who is made in the image of God, in need of redemption, and can be saved to the uttermost. Our baptism is that marking. Our baptism is that marking. (laughs) So in many ways, that is the best preparation we need for the journey that is to come. (laughs) Because it prepares us to go out into a world that can be cold and hard and challenging and tempting and hateful and everything. And it reminds us where our life is found and where our hope is found and where our purpose is found. And that's in Jesus, y'all. He's all that matters. He really is. Been a hard week, hadn't it? Been a challenging week. Been an exhausting week. The hope of this world is Jesus Christ. I believe that with all that I am, y'all. There aren't many hills that I'll die on, but that's one of them. Jesus Christ came to save sinners, of which I am chief among them, as Paul says. And He's our hope. Not earthly powers, not earthly struggles, none of that. Jesus. And this world's in desperate need of Jesus right now. And we've been prepared by our baptism, by our conversion, and by our sanctification to live out his love. Jesus' baptism was the beginning of his ministry in a world in need of Jesus. Our baptism is the same. This world needs us, y'all. Now, more than ever, this world needs us. Such a powerful moment when I've seen those men and women give that first salute and receive that first salute as the beginning of their life as a commissioned military officer. Through our baptism... We have been commissioned by God to live out his radical grace in a world in need of it. The task may feel too big, it may feel too much, and we may feel like we can't do it. But through the grace of the one who raised his son from the dead, we can. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. May we do just that today. May we live out his love now and always in a world in desperate need. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for our baptism, for our salvation, for our sanctification, for your grace in all things, God. We love you. Go with us now, in this day, and all the days to come. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.